This episode brought to you by the Roster Up Media Network, home to tangible insights for the NFL and fantasy sports. Check us out at rosterupmedia.com. Outstanding. Another episode of the Russell. It's just me and Ooze again. Ooze, how you doing? Tired. I'm here. I hear you on that, but we're here. We're here for you. Tired, but the show must go on. I will say this might be the most fantasy-relevant division on the show to date. With how many moves happen in this division, playoff contenders, and good players. So... We're covering the AFC West. We're going to jump right into it. But right before that, guys, tell you every week or every show, go follow us, like, subscribe, social media, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and there's going to be more. So hit the subscribe button, follow us, and share amongst your friends, coworkers, whoever, league mates, and share the, share the love. Ooze, we're going to go through it just like we did last time, kind of go through some stuff. You give me your opinion, we'll keep it moving, but there's a lot to talk about here. So starting off with the Chiefs. So we all know Tyreek Hill, the Cheetah, left the Dolphins. Uh, Daryl Williams to the Cardinals. They did get Juju Smith-Susher. And one of the show's favorite players to talk about, Ronald Jones. And they drafted Sky Moore in the second round and Isaiah Pershenko, who is actually from Rutgers. I uh, found that out doing the research. So, Mahomes. I'm just going to go down the player order. Mahomes has been QB number one, number seven, four, and four since 2018. And when he was number one, he had 50 touchdowns, which was kind of crazy. I kind of forgot about that. But um, no surprise here. You know, if he falls to you, draft him. Um, He's a good player. Even without Tyreek Hill, he's still going to get his points. He's still going to put up numbers. Um, Moving on to running back. And mind you, those four years, he – he also finished with two touchdowns each of those two years. A rushing touchdown, sorry. Each of those two years. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Moving on to the running. He's going in the sixth round currently. Last year, I can't remember what it was, but I think he was playing with a bad gallbladder or something like that, and he got it removed either near the end of the season or after the season. And that could have been why he didn't play as well. I I remember that sort of like news breaking, but um, Pachenko now being you know drafted could ruffle some feathers here, and also Jarek McKinnon is there. So, what do you do with uh, you know Clyde Edwards-Alaire here? He's going real late. We do remember that year where he you know his first year where he got drafted super early. We were hoping for like a Saquon Barkley type season, um, rookie season, but it you know didn't pan out. And then last year he was not even a RB two almost. So what do you do here? Do you think a bounce back is coming back here? Do you draft Pachenko? Like what do you think on these running backs here? 
Yeah, so when it comes, first of all, let's knock out two contenders out of the four running backs. Uh, Ronald Jones, get him out of there. Jerry McKinnon, I'm not worried about him. One of those two are battling for the third spot of running backs. Other, other ones may be making a roster, may be making just special teams. So that being said, last year, CEH finished 40th in running backs last year. Um, his consistency was just not there. Gallbladder or not, he was not making the, the, he did not live up to the ADP he was drafted it with last year. That's for sure. He missed week six, seven, eight, nine, and 10th, but came back a little bit strong, finishing at a, finishing 11th out of running backs uh, on week 11, had a bye, came back, finished top 10 within his first three weeks. But, is that enough for him to keep that job, for him to be drafted at the sixth round? Maybe, maybe not. I say it for Tenko, very, very, very interesting guy here um, because it was a surprise for everybody who drafted, um, everybody in the in the draft in April that these guy, this guy came and the Chiefs drafted him. He's 5'10", 260 pounds, he's a bruiser. But he ran a 4-3-7-40. This guy is quick, okay? So he could be a very, I mean, he's marked at one of the sleepers for me. Um, getting drafted, he's sitting at the 14th round. A lot of people are just having an eye on him. That's the data says 14th round. I would say he's probably more in the 10th, 9th round because people are really liking what they're seeing. You know, in last preseason game against the Packers, you know, I think he played a couple series, rushed 10 times for 52 yards, looked good between the tackles, looked even faster outside the tackles on the sideline. So for me, you're drafting um, Hilaire. That's for sure. But if you really want to be safe, I will handcuff him with Pacheco. If you can wait a couple rounds, you know, because uh, Clyde is going... Uh, early sixth, late fifth. You can wait two or three more rounds, grab yourself some good value there, and then come back and grab Pachenko. I think you'll be in very good shape. All right, let's talk about the pass catchers. We've got Juju. We've got MBS who came over. We've got the rookie Sky Moore. We got McCole Hardman who's been there. We have Kelsey. CEH also caught 40 or 54 targets his rookie year and Hill left and he had 159 targets so obviously someone's going to benefit from uh, Hill not being here but like I've said in the past it's hard to say who's going to be the number one in these offenses with the vacated targets so obviously the best idea like a blanket thing a blanket move is to grab someone from this offense um, just like other offenses like Green Bay and uh, who's like another one? I forget. But that will at least hopefully get you, you know, some maybe one game MBS goes off, next game Juju goes off, or maybe you pick the real number one. But obviously we're going to try and give you the best advice here. So, Ooze, who do you think is going to benefit from these vacated targets? And, you know, obviously Kelsey's – in there for the running as you know number one tight end this year so um who do you think is 
the most benefited player here from Hill's target vacancies? For me, it'll have to be either Skymore or MVS, okay? Because of the fact that Skymore is a, I want to say carbon copy because it's hard to say carbon copy to the Cheetah himself, but 510, 195, I mean, you spit that out you're like oh you're talking about Tyreek Hill you know what I mean so mm-hmm. that being said Tyreek Hill had 25% of the target shares in Kansas City that's going somewhere they can't all go to Kelsey because he already had 100 if, close to 150 I believe of um, I don't know it was like 138 or something like, like that targets last year that's including the 149 of Tyreek Hill so MV MVS, Juju, and Skywalker got to pick up the pick up that twenty five percent. Mahomes threw for thirty seven touchdowns, and that was his. He threw 37, 37 touchdowns in his last four seasons in in Kansas City. That's, I don't think that's going to drop anytime soon. So for me, the most seasoned, I think, and the most consistent wide receiver is MVS. Him coming from Green Bay, him knowing that, you know, he was the number three guy after Brandon Cobb came back, um, and Alizar was being being the number two, and Devonta Adams being number one, this guy could come in, take the number one spot. I don't believe Juju can be the number one. He he never screamed number one for me, even though he had great numbers to the one season he had with Ben. But then after that, uh, Claypool came in, Deontay came in, and took that spot immediately from Juju. So that I don't think he's going to keep that spot in uh, Kansas City at all. So for me, most of that 25% share that uh, Tyreek Hill had is going to go to um, Marquez, and then another share will go to Sky Moore, the rookie. All right. Let's keep it moving. We'll head on to the Raiders next. So we've seen a lot of reunion of college QBs and wide receivers pan out a little bit in the NFL right now. Chase and Burrow, Smith and Hurts. We're going to see Hollywood and Hollywood Brown and Murray this season. And it's been a long time, but we're now going to see Devontae Adams and Carr get back together. So there's much potential and people are, you know, liking this scenario for Adams and Derek Carr. And I also want to bring up last year, the Raiders dealt with Rudin and his comments and getting fired. So a weird, you know, thing going on with him and the locker room. They dealt with Henry Ruggs, who got in that car accident and, you know, killed someone. And they were in a lot of close games as well. Four OT games and nine games decided by one score or less. And somehow finished 10 and 7 and made the playoffs while was injured for most of the season. So I say all that to say, you know, these outside things, outside of football things, can really affect the locker room, affect players mentally, can kind of, you know, just change the whole atmosphere of a, of a team. And somehow they still won all these games and made it to the playoffs. So you put all this bad press behind you, you get Devontae Adams. If you have a healthy Waller, could we see, you know, a better Raiders team possibly? So I'm just saying, you know, 
don't write off the Raiders just because, you know, this this division so stacked. You know, they still made the playoffs last year. But anyway, enough of that whole speech there. I think Derek Carr, uh, my sleeper candidate, still holds true. If you want a more attainable stat, if you uh, picked up Adams late in the back of the first half, and you go zero RB, you may want some help in other areas, kind of like a stack to help, you know, pan out your team. You could get him, you know, eighth, ninth round, uh, more obtainable than, you know, like Justin Herbert and any Mike Williams or Keenan Allen situation. Um, I'm curious to see after everything I just said in Derek Carr, what do you see, you know, what do you think about him? and his potential this year is yeah um Derek Carr for me I always thought he had something in him um always thought he can be better than he can really um like produce on a Sunday you know I mean finished within the top 15 uh fantasy quarterbacks the last two years finished 20 in the last three or last four actually sorry this season, I think it's more of can he do it week after week after week after week, right? Because he started off hot. First three weeks, ranked ninth, 8th, and 11th. You know, he had two touchdowns per, per game with over 385 yards per game in those three. Then he dropped off. He had a good played against a good defense in the Chargers, ranked 24th. Played a decent uh, Chicago Bears team, ranked 32nd. That's where, you know, you thought you're moving, and now you're losing games because of them, right? So he finished mm-hmm. 13th this year. He has Devontae Adams. He still has Hunter Renthro. still have Darren Waller. I think the, the quality upgrade in Devontae Adams definitely will open, up for, open him up in playing better. Also open up the other two pass catchers, the main, two main pass catchers, Hunter Renthro and um, Darren Waller. All right, let's keep it moving to the running backs. Um, they drafted Samir White, and obviously they still have Josh Jacobs. And uh, Josh Jacobs, he finished 21 or 19 in oh, – I'm sorry. He finished 21st in 2019. He finished 8 in 2020 and 11th in 2021. But he's going as the RB 1920 range in drafts going way deep um, in the fourth, fifth round sometimes. So which will most likely be the outcome for Jacobs this year? He proves to be a low-end RB1 again, and we made a mistake when we drafted him, and, you know, everyone kind of looks like a fool. Or is he a low-end middle RB2, and he kind of pans out in where people are drafting him, or if not lower? Yeah, for me, he's more of a, I want to say low end. I think he's mid, uh, run of the mill RB2, someone that can get you those points. Uh, he's not a flex, but he's a solid RB2. Um, can get you 10 to 13 points. Can break out for 17, 18, though, for any time, counting those touchdowns in the red zone. Um, but I feel like his time at is almost like Derek Carr. It's one of those things that he's been creeping around. Uh, he, he started off hot in his career. You know, he's only been in the league for three years. Finished 18th. Lap. In 2020, it was his best year. Finished 8th in 
uh, running backs. And then last year, 14th, um, can he get back to a thousand yards? That's that's big for him. Um, and then can he get back to that 12 touchdown season he had two years ago? If we can have those two things, Josh Jacobs can be a lower, low tier RB one, and may be a candidate for a breakout this season. All right, time for the wide receivers. Um, Devontae Adams, last year, 123 receptions, 1,553 yards, and he went from 18 touchdowns in 2020 to 11 in 2021. So, main thing, are you fading Devontae Adams since he's not with Aaron Rodgers, or do you still take him because he is a dominant you know, wide receiver, and he has been four years? Yeah, I, for me, I'm still taking him. You're talking about quarterbacks. Derek Carr has thrown over 4,800 yards in the past three seasons. I mean, I, that ain't too far from Aaron Rodgers. You know, so from that being that being said, him ranking fifth in wide receivers this year, I think that's a good call. If you, if you have a chance after the premium tier one, running backs are taken off the board. I think that's your first guy still. You know what I mean? Four speed or not, this guy's going to get the ball. And he still it's not like this it's not like Derek Carr doesn't throw down the field. It's not like Derek Carr has big accuracy issues, but Derek Carr is a more than capable quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Not a great one like Aaron Rodgers, he's a good quarterback. So that being said, you're not fading one of the best wide receivers in the game. Let's talk about Hunter Renfro quick uh finished as our or wide receiver 11 last year in ppr i was listening to some podcasts can't remember but i heard hunter was referred to as a wide receiver that cannot be guarded like he's one of the hardest wide receivers to guard said like you know some cornerback or safety in the league i can't remember who and you know the details but i found that interesting because hunter renfo is 510 and 185 pounds. So we're talking about, you know, this kind of shorter white guy um, who, you know, a cornerback is claiming he is can't be guarded. And he was tied or in eighth with reception with receptions with at 103 with uh, this other player, one of the top wide receivers. Can you guess that player real quick now that I'm thinking about it? Mm, no, you can you tell me. Stefan Diggs. Oh wow! He's tied with eighth, four receptions with Stefan Diggs, and now, you know, when Waller was down, he kind of stepped up. So maybe that was the cause of that. So later rounds, he could be a sneaky pick. He could be a very great flex play. But now that Devonte Adams is there, and if Waller stays healthy. Should we fade him? What do you think is the, you know, thought process with Hunter Renfro, knowing that he, quote-unquote, can't be guarded and is a good player, but now you have Adams and Waller who are going to take targets away from him? Yeah, um, I think fading him is, I don't think that's the play, because you, you're you're grabbing him at, you know, his, his current ADP is 8.5. So he's, you know, middle of the pack in the eighth round. Um, but the thing about him is, like you just said, had a 128 targets, 103 catches, 
but he had an 80% catch rate. Mm. I mean, for PPR, we're just talking, let's go, baby. You know, and it's not that's not going to change because of Devonta Adams coming in because Derek Carr already knows if I throw to this guy, I know 100% he's catching it. Just, just, just being optimistic, I just, I just know his catch rate is so high that I know he's going to catch this ball and I know he's going to get some yaks. Now, the problem about it is, is it's the touchdowns. He had nine touchdowns last year. Those touchdowns will decrease, will decrease, because he's not the quote-unquote slot guy in the red zone. Their wall is now slotted back into there because we have two big targets now. We have Devontae and we have um, their, uh, Waller, right? And then if that's not going to work, it's either going to be Zaire or Jacobs in the backfield. Because this guy's gonna get pushed around in 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 the in the red zone, in the end zone, and that's not gonna be a good good look for for Hunter. He's a small guy, he's five ten, I think it was like hundred and eighty five pounds. That wasn't his game. His game was slot getting uh, getting into the middle of the field, does his little move because I know they did a special on him, he does his like crazy little receiver move to get away from defenders. And he's out of there, and then he grabs the mm-hmm. guy. He grabs his yak. So for for me, he's going to fall. I don't think you should fade him, but in PPR, he's a wide receiver three flex option. He's a solid wide receiver three slash flex option because of those PPR points. So I'm not fading him. I'm grabbing him probably at, in the eighth round. Falls to me. I think that's a great pick. Um, if I'm going high on um, running backs. And I need to supplement wide receivers. He's one of my options in those rounds. All right, real quick, we gotta talk about Darren Waller. He is going tight end four. Was banged up last year. Was great two years prior. I just want to know: Are you drafting him at his current ADP or not this year? Um, after to be honest, for me it goes. I, for me, he's ranked fifth. Okay, for me, last year he just he didn't do, uh, do, didn't do much. He was injured, you know, for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. You know, like I just I need more consistency from my my tight ends. After Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, Kittle, and Kyle Pitts, I'm fading. I'm out of there. You know, what I mean, I'm grabbing as much value down there as possible because I know while I was going right after. Um, right in, right in the the fourth round, sometimes third. Uh, for me, can he stay on the field? He needs to stay on the field. If he can, he's a great pick. If he can't, it's a waste of a pick for me. All right. Next up are the Chargers. Um, high power offense with a good quarterback, good wide receivers, and good running back. So, what else could you ask for as a fantasy owner, guys? Justin Herbert, last year, quarterback number two, based on your system, 5,014 passing yards, 38 touchdowns, and he was just electrifying last year. Um, He goes after Josh Allen. Oh, Josh Allen, sorry. And I think he's used – Pat Mahomes. He's usually the third or second QB yeah, off the third board. Or second, yeah, he finished QB two. There's a lot year. of people who 
going to finish as number one this year. Do you think that's going to happen? I think it's a possibility, yeah. Um, you're talking about a guy that scored 38 touchdowns. The only difference between him and Josh Allen is going to Josh Allen scored 40. <laughs> you know, it's a two-touchdown difference. You know, this guy, because his consistency rate is was through the roof, through the prime time um, and playoff last year. You're talking about from week 11 to week 15, 16, he ranked 1, 6, 3, 6, 5, 9. And those, respectively, he had three touchdowns, three eighty, two touchdowns, three touchdowns, three touchdowns, two touchdowns. I mean, this guy was on the tears last eight games. I mean, it, it, it's insane, you know. And you're talking about this guy, you know, you draft him at number, you know, as your number one quarterback, and you use a early round on him, it's not going to fail, you know. This this guy, thirty eight touchdowns. Not every quarterback can go up to thirty five. Let alone thirty-eight, forty. This guy's, this guy's it. He has a chance. It's just can he keep up with Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes? Because they're always in the always in around the same space within those thirty-five to 40, 40 plus range. So we have Austin Eckler, uh, one of Lance's favorite players, and I just drafted him this weekend in my family league. Um, finished at number two last year, had 12 rushing touchdowns, eight receiving touchdowns, 70 receptions. I think he led, he either led running backs in receptions or he was right after Najee Harris. And um, 647 receiving yards, 911 rushing yards. I mean, there's not much to say about some of these guys. At least, like, they were number one. I mean, number two, number two are here. And I think that, like, you just got to draft these guys. He goes in the top five picks sometimes. I see him fall past that. Like, I feel like that's extreme value for someone who could finish as the number two again. Perhaps, you know, number one if things pan out with other running backs. But, I mean, what is your take on Eckler real quick before we go to these pass catchers? Yeah, I mean, Eckler is getting drafted first round. He's a quality, proven RB1. I, me, myself, I don't, I don't fancy him that much. Um, you're looking at um, his games. He's more touchdown dependent than anything else. And for that being said, being number one, I, I can't trust that. You know, you can't always have, you know, 20 touchdowns. He has 12 rushing touchdowns with eight receiving touchdowns. I can't always rely on that because if I if I do and he doesn't produce, I'm getting games like you know nine attempts for 54 yards, no touchdowns. 11 attempts for 55 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, six yards, uh, six attempts for 70 yards, no touchdowns. I mean, this guy hadn't. This guy didn't break 100. He only broke 100 once in the rushing game. And then he those games that he didn't score a touchdown. He had receiving yards and didn't break 50 once in those. So he was more touchdown dependent as an RB1 than any other RB1 in, in the class. So for me, he can he stay consistent in that way? You can only see it during the season. If not, he's a waste. We'll see. Ooh. I hope he pays dividends because I literally just picked him in my family. I mean, but tough. he fell to the ninth spot, yeah. so uh, I had to take him. So if you take if you take him in the ninth spot, I think that's fine. 
like the first five spots for me i need a running back that if he doesn't score a touchdown i know he's getting 100 yards and at least five or six receptions for 60 yards mm. that gives me around 16 to 18 points and that's a bad game. Uh, yeah yeah i feel you all right moving on to the wide receivers you got keenan allen and mike williams uh very favorite players here for us at the show you have one with a very high floor and then the other with a very high ceiling and based on what you you know your your drafting style or what your risk levels are or the way your you know league mates are drafting around you will probably decide which receiver to take for you um but i i think they're both good you know players to take at their adps maybe a little bit more of a value on mike williams if he you know stays consistent like he those first five games like he did last year throughout the whole season mm -hmm. but um other than that the other pass catcher is gerald everett coming from seattle seahawks um he finished with 48 receptions 478 yards and four touchdowns he could be a real deep sleeper candidate for me amongst tight ends who is currently being undrafted um, definitely a streaming candidate to say the least but um overall i think the adps for the charger players are fine for me especially if they start falling below that even just a little bit um you may have to reach on mike williams if you really want him to and if he sustained those high quality number games throughout the season then it's worth it but um are you super excited to have when you have any of these guys on your team? Do you think they're going to outshine or be worse than their ADP? Like, or are they all okay where they're at? I know we just talked about Eckler. So it's more so like the pass catchers, obviously, for this type of question. Yeah, for me, like Mike Williams, ADP currently is end of, towards the end of the fourth round. And I just think that's disrespectful. This guy finished wide receiver <laughs> 10 last year. Wide receiver 10, and he's going in the fourth round? That doesn't make any sense to me. You know what I mean? Yes, Keenan Allen's out there. Mr. Reliable's out there. He's 30 years old. But, I mean, listen to these games he's having, okay? He's having eight receptions for 82 yards, two touchdowns. Seven receptions for 91 yards, two touchdowns. Oh, sorry, one touchdown. Seven receptions for 122 and two touchdowns. Mm. 165, two touchdowns. And even his bad games, I mean, to, to be honest, his bad games were really bad. But those good games are winning you weeks. And I think to this year, it takes another step towards being consistent, having the Keenan Allen games. Because Keenan Allen will go off, wouldn't go off, but you have more reliable games. You have nine receptions for 100 yards, four receptions for 108, eight receptions for 662. So like he's giving you his PPR points, so but not the yards or vice versa. You know what I mean? Seven, six, five. I mean, so he's giving you consistent points, not RB, not wide receiver one, but he's tagging them with with decent yards, 75, 50. I mean. With with full, full point PPR, that's ten points from Keenan Allen at his age of thirty, 
I think 30, he's going to turn 31 this year. So his, like you were saying, there's a high floor, there's a high ceiling uh, wide receiver in Mike Williams, and there's a high floor in Keenan Allen. So that being said, imagine Keenan Allen, his ADP is three, is that in the third round, but he finished last year wide receiver 14. Mike Williams is finished wide receiver 10, but his ADP is late fourth round. Make it make sense. <laughs> make it make sense, people. All right, the last team, the Broncos, and I think fantasy owners are very excited to see what Russell Wilson could do um, coming to Denver. Um, we have a second year Williams at running back. The receivers are now upgraded due to the quarterback play. You have Albert O at tight end who fantasy analysts are kind of saying it could be a breakout slash sleeper candidate. And you also have a new head coach, Green Bay's old offensive coordinator, uh, Nathaniel Hackett. So, you know, Green Bay always been a very offensive-minded team. You might see some uh, uptick in the offense with the head coach and with Russell Wilson being there. So let's get right into it. Russell Wilson. He's been a top nine quarterback in fantasy his whole career besides two. And last year, he was the, was the first time he missed a game in his career, it seems. Um, only reason why he didn't make a top 10 finish last year. He's extremely value. He is an extreme value in drafts, excuse me, this year. And a new team and a new offensive coordinator and a new coach and new weapons like I feel like the sky's the limit for us, um, and it could be a much more obtainable stack for him as well, um, which could pay dividends. Is the hype real for D. Russ, or is it kind of just, you know, we're just hoping for the hype, or just hoping for this, um, you know, outcome of him being great here? No, this is the, the hype was real. Last year was, was a bad year. He still scored 25 touchdowns, missed three games, and he was QB 16. Besides that, he hasn't fallen out of the top 10 besides his first year being in Seattle. That's, you know what I mean? Like, you're talking about a guy that in 2020 had 40 touchdowns, only 13 interceptions. The year before that, 31 touchdowns, five interceptions, 35 and seven. This guy is going. He's going to produce, and now he has new weapons, a fresh take of being a, a professional in a new team. You know, a capable team. Not to say that Seattle, he did I mean, he won a Super Bowl there. You know what I mean? Like, but mm-hmm. it's it's new. It's fresh. You know what I mean? Like, Pete Carroll. Sorry, you know, I got a new guy came from Green Bay. You know, he knows how a dynamic quarterback works when he had uh, Aaron Rodgers, but now, you know, he's going he's gonna to shine. With Curtin, with Curtin Sutton and Jerry Judy, he's going to shine. All right, moving along, we've got Williams and Gordon at the running back, who's earlier, you know, already expressed his concerns about drafting Williams so high, with Gordon still being there and splitting the carries. 
but um candidate for a lot of researchers um for being like a number one the number one overall running back based on i've mentioned this before with saquon barkley um based on age kind of metrics of the offense the ability of the runner where they were drafted and i think um the fact that no running back overall one has finished consecutive years in a row so we're looking at a williams and melvin gordon split but williams last year um was the running back 17 and had 903 rushing yards, four touchdowns, 43 receptions, and 316 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns. Now, imagine if Gordon sees touches or gets hurt or gets traded, you know, midseason. Like, imagine where uh, Williams could go. He could take a huge, huge jump and possibly be that number one. We may never know. We'll just have to have the season pan out. But, um, you know, we've already discussed the backfield. So let's move on to the wide receivers real quick. Uh, Tim Patrick, he suffered an injury. He's out for the season. Now you're left with Sutton, Judy, KJ, Almer, Homer, Hamler? Hamler. Hamler. Whew. And the two main guys here are Judy and Sutton. Um, depending on where, you know, what you're drafting, Corton Sutton will go first, then Jerry Judy or Jerry Judy will go right before Sutton or Judy will go at the, you know, the beginning of the fourth round and Sutton will go at the end of the fourth. It's, it's kind of odd with these two players here. Um, obviously Russell Wilson is going to make one of these guys bearing injury, a wide receiver one. Is it possible for that, for both of them to be in the top um let's say the top 24 and a wide receiver one and a wide receiver two just like uh tyler lockett and metcalf were last year they I, was, were I was just 14 gonna, and 15 i was just gonna say he did he, he's already done it he's already done it and then he can do it again and that's the challenge that he's he, he put it on himself that's a challenge that he i think he accepted and he's gonna try and defeat and maybe make these guys even better because I think um, Jared Judy is, is a better quarterback for me. He's a better, I'm sorry, that's a better quarterback, better wide receiver <clears throat> than Tyler Lockett, only because I know Tyler Lockett, he was mostly the, the bomb guy. He's mostly the down the yeah. field guy. Because um, if you look at his games, besides that, he wasn't really producing anything. It wasn't like 170 yards at a touchdown, right? Yep. Um, Jared Judy can be that bomb guy, but at the same time, he's that mid to short route guy as well. Courtney Sullen, 6'4". On the other side of his prime, yes, due to injury, yes, but he can also be that DK Metcalf. You know what I mean? He's, you know, 26 right now, had the injury that really um, bogged him down last year, sorry, two years ago. This year, just trying to find some form um, and now hopefully this year he's back to his, his uh, top 20 self like he was in 2019. So just to 
wrap up on the Broncos. We've got the tight end, Alberto. And I mean, I hope this pans out because my draft this past weekend, I took Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, and Alberto at tight end. And they kind of just fell to me, so I had to take them. Um, what are your thoughts on Alberto as a potential breakout or slash sleeper? Because, you know, Russell Wilson does love himself for some tight end action as well. We've seen that in years past with Noah Fant a couple games here and there. Yeah, um, you know, you're talking about a guy that was second to um, was second to Noah Fant. Um, last year, North Fan is now out of town. It's Albertstown now. Um, we have to see. Just, because for me, his ADP is at 13. You can take a flyer on him, see. Hopefully, you can, you know, hopefully in the 13th round, he can be a breakout down there or a great sleeper for you down there. But um, at the time, you, you, he hasn't shown enough for you to say, yeah, I think he's going to be something this year. Because he played, you know, he had some targets last year, just couldn't produce, um, especially because he had Noah Faint in there. And when Noah Faint was out, Albert wasn't really producing as a t- tight end number one. So it's one one of those is uh, I could take a flyer on him and hopefully it pans out. And if it does, maybe you know he has a good spurt in the first couple of games, sell high, and grab something else for you. And then supplement that somewhere else, or keep keep the, you know, rotation going for for tight ends. But I don't think it's a season long. Um, he he can't maintain that season long as we saw last year. But it, you know now he's strung into number one. We'll have to see. All right, we went a little bit longer, but like I said, most fancy relevant um, division yet by far, most likely. Um, you have anything else to add, Ooze? I think we're done here. It's a lot of players, a lot of um, analyzing here. Yeah, I think this is our last show before um, previews. Yep. All right? Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Get to it. All right, guys. Well, we are very thankful that you stayed here. Listen to all of this. Uh, AFC West talk. We hope this was, you know, good stuff for you. Go dominate the rest of your drafts. I know I got a couple more. Ooze has a lot more. And go get yourself some titles here, guys. Go get yourself some championships. Use what we've been telling you and draft well. See you.